Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Today, today, I'm going to share with you what I do every first Sunday of the year, which is what we call the State of the Church Address. And... um. What we did in October of uh, 2017, I met with the core leadership. The year before last, we, we met with the entire leadership, but um, in 2017, I believe, was a year of growth, and, and we had so many leaders that we didn't have a place to fit them in, so we met with the core, and we rented this place, and it was in this meeting in October, I believe it was the first week of October, um, first Saturday, we met and I shared to the leadership, the core, not the entire leadership, but the core. I shared to them the vision for 2018. The reason why I did that three months prior to the beginning of the year is because I believe that it's important for our leadership to know where we're going before we get there. Um, so we took three months to talk about 2018 and what is that going to look like. So I shared the vision. We prepared a booklet. One like this. And in it, we put the vision and key dates and a whole bunch of stuff and, and everything that represents 2018 is here. And uh, because I, want, I, want, I wanted our leadership to enter into 2018 working on the vision instead of hearing it for the first time on a Sunday. By the time they get it, it makes sense. They pray about it. Six months pass and we ain't do nothing. So we took the first three months of the first, the last three months of the year, sharing the vision, talking about the vision, making the vision our own so that when this day, today came, we're all running on all cylinders when it comes to the vision. And so I want to let you know that your leadership, the leadership of this house is clear where we're going as a church. And so today as a state of a church address, I want to share with you all where it is that we're going as a church as well. Now, um, so th this is not going to be a, a sermon, if you will. You know, it's not going to be, eh, no, 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 not today. Today I'm going to give direction. Today I'm going to give vision. Today I'm going to instill in your heart where we're going. At. I think it's important to know where we're going. You know, uh, one of the most frustrating things as couples, especially when you get my age, uh, when my wife and I, we get hungry, um, he says, babe, what do you want to go eat? And, and we're driving and we just don't know what to eat. She was like, you want uh, Azteca? No, I don't want Azteca. Uh, and we're just going crazy. And, and we could get into arguments simply because we just don't know where we're going. And I think that a church should know where it's going. We shouldn't just do church because do church. I, 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 don't, I think that's irresponsible. We should have a direction. We should have a north. Okay, we're here, but every Sunday we're meeting. But why are we meeting? And what's the purpose? And where are we going? And what's the objective? And so uh, uh, this message is just primarily uh, uh, to give us that direction. And so what I'm going to do in this state of address, um, this state of address is going to respond to five questions. Five questions. State of address is going to respond to five questions. Question number one is, where are we as a church today? I, I think it's important that we know that. Uh, I tell you guys all the time, you're part of something big. Well, what does that mean? We're going to talk about that today. 
Where are we as a church? What has God, what, what has God done at new birth? And where are we as a church? That's the question number one. The second question I'm going to target is, what is God doing in the church? One is, where are we? Second one is, what is God doing in the church today? Question number three is, what is the vision for the church today? Question number four, how can we stay tied into what God is doing in the church? And question number five is, where do you fit in to the process of vision of the church? So where are we? What is God doing? What is the vision? How can we stay tied? And where do you fit? And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, where are we as a church today? To answer that question, I have to go back memory lane. And I want to give you snippets of what we shared some degree with our leadership in October. Uh, obviously from October to now, that, those numbers and statistics. But I feel you should know what God has done in 2017 through new birth. Uh, I'm going to give you highlights of the year. Uh, in salvations from January of 2017... Through December of 2017, we've experienced 623 salvations to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Here on Sundays, we had 118 people came and gave their lives to Jesus. New Birth Port Richie, 16 people gave their lives to Jesus. Through the youth ministry, 479 young people gave their lives to Jesus. Through the homeless ministry, that they're out there every Friday, 10, pe 10 people, 10 homeless people gave their life to Jesus. And through our pantry ministry, 42 people that go to pantry to get food gave their lives to Jesus. I believe that deserves a great hand, praise to the glory of God. When it comes to membership, 146 people decided to become members of our church. Now, we only have, we've only done membership presentation and classes, I believe, twice, if not three times in the year. Typically, we do more, but uh, because of changes and whatnot. We've had 146 people in our church to become members of the church to the glory and the honor of God. Uh, not only that, but out of those 40, 146 65 were adults and 75 were young people that became members of our church. When it comes to outreach, when it comes to the homeless, every other Friday we're feeding. We've distributed 650 plates of food to the homeless the entire year to the glory of God. 650 plates were given to homeless every other Friday to the glory of God. When it comes to the pantry, we were able to give groceries to 2,337 families every other Monday to the glory of God. And when it comes to the bags of groceries that we gave out, we gave 13,100 and something bags of groceries to the glory of God. Put those hands together. Come on. And then when it comes to outreach, we did a mission trip to uh, Dominican Republic, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal trip. We were able to minister to hundreds of children and hundreds of young people, impacted students. 
And it was a great missions trip to the glory and the honor of God. And I say all this because I want you what you are a part of. I say all this because I want you to know that every time you honor God with your service and with your giving, you allow us to do those things that we do. You are part, and I tell you this every, practically every Sunday I tell you this, you are part of something great. You are part of a church that is impacting its community and is touching, literally touching the world to the glory of God. So that is where we are as a church. Now, what is God doing for the church today? I believe in the law of retribution, which the law of retribution is this. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So where we are, listen to me, what God is doing for us today is the end result of what we did for the community and the seeds we sowed. We cannot expect God to take us someplace we haven't sown into. And so what is God doing for the church today? Because of the work we did all of last year, let me give you some highlights of what God is doing for the church today. First and foremost, because of service we've done. God has given us the grace to establish relationships with our governmental leadership. Because of the involvement of the community and the church of New Birth. God is giving New Birth favor with our civic leaders. Where he is currently positioning the church to be a catalyst in our city. Providing hope to the hurting. God has connected us to meet with and build relationship with our mayor of Kissimmee. With our mayor of St. Cloud. With city officials that move literally the entire city of Kissimmee. And God has graced us, not because Gab's nice, but because of the work that the church is doing. The church has impacted the community to the point that the, that the, the mayor of our city asks us to join and sit on a board to see how we can better our, our community to the glory of God. That is made possible because of the church and the work that the church is doing. Here's another highlight. Because of the work that we're doing. There's this organization and this ministry called Church Multiplication Network. This year, God gave me the humbling opportunity, 2017, of being selected by the executive team of the General Council for the Assemblies of God. And, he act, and they've asked us to be part of the leadership team of Church Multiplication Network. Now, what is Church Multiplication Network? Let me tell you. CMN focuses on planting churches throughout the country in the kingdom of Jesus Christ in this nation. I humbly accepted the honor because this position aligns itself to the vision of God calling over my life. The reason why I said yes, and I want to tell you, a lot of doors have been opening. People have been calling us to be part of this and get connected with that and join this. And, not, and I told you last Sunday about the door. Remember the sermon about the doors? I'm not walking through every door that opens. Because I believe that I'm only going to walk through doors that are aligned with what God has called us to do as a church. So even though there's a lot of doors opening, if it doesn't fall within the parameters of what God has called us to do, we're not going to do it. Maybe another church could do it, but God has called us to plant churches. We are a church plant. Two years ago, we planted this church. Shortly after, we built and planted a church in Dallas, Texas. 
Shortly after that, we planted a church in Poinciana, and now we have a church in Newport Ritchie. And I believe that this is just the beginning of many other things that God is going to do in the life of the church. So because this organization represents what we do as a church, I felt it was a God thing for us to be part of this ministry. So to the glory of God, we are part of Church Multiplication Network. And so at New Birth, my goal is to continue to the Lord allows us to do so. The other highlight of that is God blessed us because of the work that New Birth has done. God graces and we received a telephone call from one of the largest, if not the largest, mag Christian magazine in our nation by the name of Influence Magazine. New Birth growth and social impact in our community is being echoed throughout the religious corridor. I want you to know that every, people are talking about your church. I want you to know that throughout... From the East Coast all the way to Washington State, people are talking about New Birth, a place of hope. I want you to know that you are the talk in our nation, within our fellowship. You, you are the talk of town. To the glory of God because of the work that you are doing and impacting our community. I want you to know that you're not anything. You're something great to the glory of God. Somebody say amen. As a result, one of the most influential Christian magazines in, in the United States, by the name of Influence Magazine, requested an interview to share the story of new birth. It was an honor for us to share all that God has done and is continuously doing. This interview was released in August of last year during our general council in the Assemblies of God in Anaheim, California. And to the glory of God, millions of copies were distributed throughout the world to God be the glory. Not only that, because of the work that we're doing as a church, God then allowed another, I would say, magazine by the name of Pentecostal Evangel to give us a call. And this other magazine, Pentecostal Evangel, requested an interview for us to share how new birth is changing lives. In this magazine, I was able to share specific stories from members of our church that underwent difficult situations, yet upon joining New Birth, a place of hope, hope became the source of their strength. And to the glory of God, we share the story of Brother Mike. To the glory of God, we share the story of a sister in our church that, that came homeless. She was stranded, and we brought her in, and Pastor Esther took her into her house, and for a couple of months, she was living there, and now she got a job. And, and I mean, I mean and the stories of this church impacting people, inspiring hope to the glory of God because of the work that the church continues to do. Another one is the Lord, early, early last year, God granted me the opportunity to preach at a prominent and influential church in the Dominican Republic. Which, by the way, this church does an event every year, the 1st of January, every year. They did it this past couple of weeks, this past week. There was over 45,000 people in a coliseum. And God great to such a degree that the pastor requested us to record our sermons so that he can then take our recording and televise it because he has two television stations that cover the entire nation country, I'm sorry, of the Dominican Republic. And every Sunday, hopefully every Sunday we're sending, we're sending our sermons. And every Sunday, new birth is being transmitted in the country of Dominican Republic to the glory of God, the Spanish service, obviously. This is all the end result of a church that makes it their business to be an impact in their community. 
So for the past six months, new birth has been present in the Dominican Republic, transmitting a message of hope to glory of God. I believe that deserves a hand praise in Jesus' name. You are part of something great. Touch your neighbor and tell him, I'm part of something great. Where are we as a church today? What is God doing in the church today? My third question, or the answer for the third question is, what is the vision for the church today? What is the vision for the church today? And the vision for the church is simple. And when I count to three, I want you to say what I'm going to say. The vision of the church is esperanza. Now, 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 we have people here that speak Spanish and English. So when I count to three, don't say hope. When I count to three, I want you to say, if you are unable to speak Spanish, and you're going to say esperanza, esperanza, <laughs> or however you're going to say it, we, we, we accept every accent in the house. When I count to three, I want everybody here to say esperanza. Are you ready? One, two, three. Esperanza. If someone were to ask you, what's the vision for all right, I want to hear those that don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Say it. So everybody speaks Spanish, shut up. One, two, three. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Now, why Esperanza, Pastor, and not just say hope? Why complicate it? Why not say hope? Why, why, why you got to go with the whole little Spanish thing on me? Here's why. Because I believe that where the Lord is taking us, he wants to take us to a place where we psychologically and mentally begin to start thinking that this is not a language thing. That the body of Christ is bigger than Spanish, English, papiamento. That the body of Christ is not linguistical, but it is spiritual. Now let me explain that so it can make sense in your heart. Esperanza is the theme for 2018. But in order to live out esperanza, it will require us to live this life in the spirit. Let me explain this. Because we got people here that don't speak Spanish. We got people here that don't speak English. But we all got a common denominator. And the common denominator we have is the Spirit of God living in all of us. Whether you're Hispanic, Black, Dominican, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Venezuelan, Argentinian. We all got the same Spirit. And the same Spirit has the capacity to minister in any language. So in order to become Esperanza, to speak the language of the world, we got to have the Spirit of God, which is the same Spirit we all have inside our hearts. So in order to live out this theme, we have to be people that live in the Spirit. We believe that the Spirit of God unites people. It is the Spirit of God that unites language barriers. It is the Spirit of God that unites cultures. It is the Spirit of God that you... Yeah, let, me, let me tell you. Brother Carl, what's Brother Carl? What's Brother Carl? What's Brother Carl? Brother Carl, Brother Carl, where is he? Bro, stand up, Brother Carl. You see that guy back there, he was singing up here, I'm in love who you have. You see him? Brother Carr 
don't speak Spanish. And he sings Spanish worship every Sunday at 9.30 in the morning. That's the spirit of the church that we're trying to procure. Now, it's, it's easy for him to go with his little flow and, uh-huh, yes, his mind, but, but, but it takes sacrifice because if we want to impact the community, we got to say, church is not about my preference. Church is about the spirit of God operating in me to win a world that needs Jesus. So every time he's up here singing in Spanish, it excites me because he's capturing the spirit of the church. We believe that the spirit unites people, not language. It's the spirit. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, there is one body. Somebody say one body. Somebody say one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Acts chapter 4, verse 3, when, when, when the church started growing, in the book of Acts chapter, when the church started growing, it was growing with Jews and Gentiles. And look at what happens, chapter 4 and 3 says, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. What responsibility? The responsibility of serving people because the church started growing and people were hungry and, and, and some of the people could not speak the language. A Jew can speak Gentile and a, Latin and a Latin person, person who spoke Latin or Greek couldn't speak Hebrew. And there was a conflict in the church. And you know what? When they started picking people to serve in the table, they, the requirement wasn't that they're bilingual. The requirement wasn't they got to go take English in Barrera or Spanish. No, no. The requirement wasn't that. The requirement was they needed to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because I might not speak Greek. You might not speak English. You might not speak Spanish. But your spirit and my spirit is the Spirit of God. So we don't have to speak the same language to, to talk the same language. We don't have to speak the same language to be in the same mind. We don't have to speak the same. Listen, you don't have to look like me, act like me, talk like me, and we could be together because your spirit bears witness to my spirit that we are children of God. And so they said, we want people, here's the prerequisite, to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And to those, we're going to give them the responsibility to feed. Now, Esperanza, when I think of Esperanza, I think of equality. When I think of Esperanza, Esperanza requires equality. There can be this thing that says we're better than them, they're better than us. I've been in church longer, so I got VIP street. No, devil is a liar and his mama. Listen to me. Esperanza requires equality. We are all equal in the eyes of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. The victory of the church is not the end result of those that are in the upper echelon and those that are in the lower. No, the victory of the church is when the entire church equally as a family begins to grow comprehensively. I have three kids, a daughter and two boys. They're not the same. My daughter is beautiful. My sons, 
de ahí. They're not the same. But I treat them equal. Even though they look different, they have different attitudes, they all, all three can attest to the fact that mom and dad love them. All three of them have all three of them have access to my bedroom. All three of them have access to everything in the house. And even though they look different, and even though one is taller than the other, one is a female and two are boys, I treat them equally the same. That's the spirit of Esperanza. Esperanza says it doesn't matter whether you come from a crack house. It doesn't matter whether you come from a rich house. It doesn't matter whether you have a PhD or whether you have a GED. In this church, there is hope for you, and we're going to make sure that some kind of way you can feel part of the life of this church because wherever there is hope, there is love, and wherever there is love, God is there. That's the church. By seeing everyone the way Jesus sees everyone. Here's my next question. How can we stay tied to what God is doing? How do we stay connected and tied to what God is doing? For that, I want to give you a story in Scripture. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Paul the Apostle. But Paul the Apostle, before he got saved, he was Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus. God changed his name from Saul to Paul. Saul to Paul. <laughs> Saul to Paul. Now, what's, what's the big deal of changing one letter? has everything. Paul with a P means great one. Saul with a S means little one. The moment Saul, sorry, Saul means great one. Paul means little one. The moment Saul had an encounter with Christ, because Saul thought he was better than everybody else. Saul thought he was the greatest. Saul thought he was the last Coca-Cola in the desert. But when Saul had an encounter with Christ, the first thing God changes is his perspective of himself. Because you can't change the world until you change your world. So God changed him from being thought he was the best to now becoming the man who says, I am the least of these. But this guy, Saul, before he became Paul, he was a killer. He was a Christian terrorist. He would kill Christians. He would, he, would, he would ambush them. He would create a strategy of how to kill them, cast them in services. And, and I'll talk about it. This guy was, was, was a tyrant. But guess what happens? Saul got saved. There was esperanza for Saul. I want to let y'all know that this church, there's got to be room for Saul's in the house. There's got to be room for Saul's. We, that's why we have to start seeing people through the eyes and through the lens of Christ. Pastor, but he stinks. Don't matter. Pastor, he's more like urine. It's okay. We'll sit him in the corner somewhere, but he got to come into church. There's got to be hope for people like that. So Saul got saved. And when he gets saved, 
people didn't really believe that he was getting saved for real. They thought he was making it up to try to kill more Christians. And so it got saved. They were out to kill Paul. And it is in that undergird, that background, that we're going to read the story of Acts chapter 9, verse 19 to 25. It says, and after taking some food, this is Paul now, or Saul, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Check this out. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy. This is church people. There was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill Saul. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch of the city gates in order to kill him. Check this out. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening on the wall. Now imagine with me. I'll talk about those disciples. Because those disciples represent the church that God is calling us to be in 2018. Can I be graphic? Uh, somebody better catch this. Okay. Let's try it again. So yeah, I never went to Royal Rangers, so I don't know how to do it. <laughs> do it again. All right, here we go. Here we go. Two. Ah! Got it. There you go. All right. Imagine with me. Saul was a Christian killer. Saul gets saved. They tried to kill Saul. Because they're saying, nah, he ain't really saved. He's a, he killed a bunch of Christians. Let's kill this cat. Imagine if you were the guy holding the rope. Put the screen. Yeah, there you go. Holding the rope for Saul to come down the wall. Now, imagine you was at that service when the pastor said, you, the guy with the rope, he was at the service and the pastor said, brothers and sisters, let us take a moment of silence. Because Saul just killed three of our Christians from our church. Stephen in the Bible, who was a martyr, he was stoned to death. The Bible says it was Saul who said, stone him to death. And now this man has the power in his hand that all he has to do is let go of the rope. And Saul will die off the wall. If I'd have been the guy holding the rope... I'd have been like, oops. <laughs> Let me get that rope back. I'd have been like, oh, my bad. Saul's life was in danger. But time out. You put the life, Saul, of many Christians in danger too. So if we go by you, you saw what you read, but that's because you die. <laughs> there you go. But this disciple had hope. Now, 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 here's the deal. While he's holding the rope 
for Saul, he, he had no idea that Saul was going to become the Apostle Paul. He had no idea that Saul was going to write the, first, the book of Ephesians, the book of Corinthians, the book of Colossians, the book of Thessalonians, the book of Titus, the book of Timothy, the book of, the book of Philemon. He, he had no idea that it was the Apostle Paul who was going to write one-third of the New Testament. All he knew is this man came to Jesus, and I'm going to be hope for this man. I don't know him. He's a murderer. But my job is not to condemn. My job is to trust and make him feel that there was hope for him. Imagine if he'd have let the rope go. We would never have had 1st, 2nd Corinthians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, Romans, Ephesians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, 1st, 2nd Timothy. We would never have had none of those letters. None of them. But Esperanza has the Capilla murderer. And say, I'm going to hold on to the rope. Here's what's crazy. You know what's crazy? Paul wrote mad books. He never wrote a thank you card to none of the guys that were holding the rope. We don't know. We don't, listen, if it, if it were not for Luke that wrote the book of Acts, we would have never known that somebody hold a rope for Paul to come down. Paul never said, I want to thank those four cats that were up in the wall holding, none of that. They never got accolades. They never got an applaud. Anonymous heroes who displayed esperanza. And because of men like that, someone like Saul is touching the world. Because he, he couldn't let go of the rope. He said, no, I, 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 I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not doing this to get records. I'm not doing this for an applause. I'm not doing this so I can get a plaque at the end of the year. I just want to be hope to somebody. And if nobody knows my name, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because there is love in me, hope in me to change the world. So how can we stay tied to what God is doing whenever you sacrifice, you are displaying esperanza. These guys sacrificed themselves. They sacrificed themselves. Imagine if one of the guys would have tripped and fell. They were seen helping out a terrorist. Imagine, dude, but why, why you helped up Saul? But they sacrificed. They sacrificed. They put their testimony on the line to save one man who would in turn change the religious world to the glory of God. Esperanza, listen to me, will require sacrifice. Holding a rope, grabbing somebody down, holding somebody. Listen, carrying people is heavy. Carrying somebody is not light. I remember one time, the first time I carried my wife, <coughs> we were going out. We was in Battery Park, was it? Battery Park? Brick cold. All of my experience with my wife is in the cold. <laughs> and I was so romantic, you know. I said, I'm going to take this romance to another level. And I picked her up. Wham. Going down Battery Park. What she don't know is the 20 steps into the little walk... My mind was telling my body, but 
And at the time, my wife was like 115 pounds, and I couldn't raise 115 pounds. Now, I loved her, but my body was saying, give up. Because carrying people is heavy. Imagine if this guy had said, you know what, Saul? Yo, I'm tired. You too heavy. I'm like, I tried, but I can't do this no more. Esperanza goes above and beyond. Esperanza goes the extra mile. If we're going to be Esperanza this year, we've got to be willing to hold on to the rope and not let go, even if it kills us. Esperanza requires sacrifice. Question number five, and I'm done. Where do you fit in this vision? In this vision of sacrifice, in this vision of hope, Esperanza, where do I fit in this vision? Well, if you're a frequent attendee, what is a frequent attendee? Attendee is you come every Sunday. If you're a frequent attendee, then here's how you can fit in. Become a member. You've been praying about it for the past year. Dude, come a member already. I need, I need birds to come down from heaven. No. Become a member. If you're an attendee to this church, your next step is become a member. If you're a member, your next step is become a leader. If you're a leader, your next step is mentor somebody. So whether you come to church and you just come, God is telling you, here's how you can, here's how you can contribute. Here is how you and I could fit in this vision. If you're a, comer, a church comer, become a member. If you're a member, become a leader. If you're a leader, grab somebody and mentor them and make them better than you. That's how we fit in this vision. And when we do all of that, we begin to discover our purpose as a church. But we have to display equality. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, Paul says, There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So church, Esperanza this year is the theme. How do we live hope? Living in the spirit. Because the spirit is the language that unites us. It unites cultures. You know, there's this whole little debacle with Generation X and, and, and baby boomers. And be spiritual. You connect with everybody. How do we reach these millennials? People are writing books. How to reach them. I can tell you, be spiritual. The spirit will connect with everybody. Live in the spirit. Why? Because the spirit is our common ground. Here's another thing I want to encourage you to do. Live in the spirit. Number two, invest in your local church. And what I mean by that is materialize the vision of the church. What's the vision for the church, pastor? And when you know that, materialize it. How do you make it happen? Serving. How do you make it happen? Investing. How do you make it happen? Giving to the church. We have to live in the spirit. We have to display equality. We have to invest in our church and we have to serve sacrificially. I tell my leaders all the time, we don't have to serve. You have to go to work. 
You have to wait at the stop line, stop, 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 stop sign, and at the red light. You have to wait. But you don't have to serve. You get to serve. Serving is an honor. It's a privilege. And the more you, you live out Philippians chapter 2, which is that Jesus became a servant. So, so, so here are the next steps, and I'm done. Live in the spirit. Invest in your church. Serve sacrificially. Colossians says, 317, and I close. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we as a congregation must be convinced that we can and we will make a difference in our community. Because we understand that the formula for success for new birth is esperanza. And God has opened doors before us this past years that no man has been able to shut. And all we have to do in this new year is say, Lord, I want to be esperanza to somebody else. I want to be hope to somebody else. I wish I could tell you everything we're doing this year. Y'all know we're going to do 80 apartment complexes, apartment units. That's coming. We have the city of floor of Kissimmee going to build us 80 apartment units for the homeless. Then they're going to come. We, we, we talked about that already. We're raising funds. We're trying to buy the land. All that is working in this place. There's so many things God is doing. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to hold on to the rope with me. I need you to hold on to the rope 2018. Because, listen, we could get caught up. Yeah, we came out of the magazine. Yeah, coming out on TV. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, and we, and we could get caught up on what God did last year. And we do nothing this year. Because everything God did last year is enough for us to chill for like 10 years. No. But we have to hold on to the rope. We have to be hope. Oh, that sounds right. We have to hold on to the rope and be hope. Ooh, nice. We have to hold on to the rope. And we have to be We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.